Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Welcome back to another Minor Wisdom Podcast. This week, I have the legendary Lynn Murray. He would not like me saying that, but uh, he is a legend. And um, it's a short interview because I didn't want to keep him too long. He's uh, got some other things that he's trying to do, like enjoy his retirement and enjoy his time uh, doing as little as possible, according to him. So uh, I did not keep him too long on the phone. If my voice sounds a little deeper this week, it's because I'm suffering from what most of you are suffering from, and that is allergies, being sick because we're back to school. We're in our fourth week of school, which is crazy to think about that, or we just ended our fourth week of school, um, and we're, we're full throttle ahead. Our first show opens in just a week and a half, which is nuts, which is crazy. Uh, I am much, I am a big believer in uh, doing quality over quantity. So I'm not one of these people that does a hundred performances of three different shows a year or 10 different shows or whatever it is. Uh, we do just a handful of shows a year and try to do our best work with the few opportunities that we give our students, uh, on a stage that is the few opportunities. Speaking of opportunities, Texas Thespians Registration opens tomorrow. Uh, if you have questions, reach out to Amy. She put on Facebook to uh, ask her questions and some people took advantage of that. Uh, I know that there are people on the board that have received emails that aren't in their jurisdiction, but they pass it on to the right people. So reach out to those people that you know. Do not be afraid. We are just like you, the board of Texas Thespians. Also, TETA is coming up. I'm super excited about that. And if you are going to TETA, I would love to hear from you because I will be there and I will have an open microphone for most of the time and would love to talk to people, love to chat with people. I would love to get to know people I don't know. Um, You might have noticed a theme on this podcast that I interview people that I kind of already have a relationship with. Uh, There there are a couple of exceptions, this week being one of them. I did not know Lynn Murray before I talked to him a couple weeks ago, Uh, but I would love to get to know new faces, uh, even people that have been around. I see on these Facebook groups that there are people responding to things and they have years of experiences, years of experiences or years of experience. Both are actually correct. And I would love to get to know them. That's, that's kind of the main reason I started or continue this podcast. It's actually not why I started, but it's the reason I continue this podcast is because I'm getting to know a lot of people. So if you are at TTA, yes, a Texas event, then please let me know. Speaking of Texas events as well, I'm going to start branching out to more theater teachers outside of Texas. I want this to become a bigger podcast than it is because, quite frankly, I get very bored if I keep doing the same thing over and over and over. So I want to reach out to other people, other people in the industry, if you will. It still can be theater educators. Uh, or just performance educators for that matter. I have a band director that wants to come on. I've already interviewed Miranda Richter, who's a dance teacher. Uh, I just want to just get to know people that are in kind of the fine arts world. And uh, I think it would benefit everybody because it becomes different perspectives, different way of looking at things. And uh, it could be make us all 
just better educators and better for the students, better for our peers. You get that. Speaking of sound issues, no, there was no transition to that. Uh, So another thing that I've been doing, I've been fortunate enough to be able to travel from school to school within my district and help other directors do some fun stuff with their schools and with their with their programs and if I sound distracted it's because my dog is barking probably at her own shadow right now uh, but uh, I've been able to go see and 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 watch other directors do other things and let me tell you it's it's eye-opening if you don't get to go out and watch other directors do their work and again even if it's outside of theater seeing band directors do what they do with their kids seeing art teachers do what they do with their kids, it helps you as an educator uh, understand the other worlds and even ways to create relationships with those students. That is not what I was going to talk about, though, but I have seen that there are a lot of schools starting to really have issues with sound, sound frequencies being taken up. Uh, Their old Shure mics are no longer working as well as they did even last school year because bandwidth is being eaten up. Uh, The FCC has on their website, which you can go to if you just, I Google searched FCC frequencies and it comes up. You can read about transition of wireless microphone operations out of certain bands. And, you know, the 600 megahertz service band is gone this summer, coming up this summer, July 13th, 2020. So if you have microphones in that bandwidth, which most of us do not, you won't be able to use them anymore. Uh, There are also microphone uh, frequencies in the 5 and 400 bandwidth that are going to be eaten up. Um, And that's just something uh, that we have to really kind of consider. I hope it's something that some of these uh, sellers, some of the people that are selling us this this, uh, equipment, if we're buying new equipment... I hope they take that into consideration when they're selling it to us. I I would hope they do. I would think they do, even though I know that they could make an extra buck if they sell it to us this year, and then we realize next year we can't use it. So what do you got to do? You got to buy more. Anyway, I hope everybody's uh, fighting that battle. If you have ways around it, uh, I know one of my biggest listeners, Matt Smith, is in Scotland now. An American, but in Scotland, a lumberjack, went to SFA. Uh, But uh, he's very smart with that stuff. So if you ever see him online on Facebook answering those things, he is not, well, he is kind of uppity and and egotistical, but he's also very intelligent. So reach out to Matt Smith. He's a great uh, friend um, of this podcast. He's he's just a, I, I assume he's the only UK listener that I have but I I could be wrong, but he is also very resourceful and knowledgeable when it comes to this stuff. He, he does something that a lot of us, um, do or used to do. And, uh, it's, uh, it's read. That's right. He reads stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy to, to see that and hear about that. Anyway, this has been a long, long talk from me and this is the Lynn Murray podcast today. So, I want you guys to sit back, relax. First of all, enjoy the groaner joke of the week, and then Mr. Lynn Murray. What would bears be without bees? Ears.
So in the background, you're going to hear orchestral music uh, because I interviewed Mr. Murray during the school day. And, you know, when, when Lynn Murray says, I've got time to talk to you, you make time. I didn't have students at the time, didn't have a class, so I wasn't skipping out. Don't think my principal listens to this, but, you know, just come clean with this information. But uh, Mr. Murray sounded a little sort of muted on the phone. Uh, so do your best with the volume control. I've tried to mix it as best I can, uh, but please don't send me nasty emails, Stuart Savage. Thanks and enjoy, Lynn Murray. I grew up in, outside of Texarkana, a little, uh, not really a suburb, just out in the country. I went to a 10-grade school called Liberty at that, that point. It's now Liberty Isle, which is a pretty good-sized school, but for, it was a 10-grade school, and I moved into uh, Texas High School for my junior and senior year. The fortunate part about the theater-related thing is that there was a, a, an elementary junior high teacher at this 10-grade school that had theater background, and uh, we, we did plays. So uh, I was in two UIL plays in the ninth and 10th grade, uh, and uh, one of those shows uh, got to the state meet. So that was my kind of, Lewis Earl Lemon was uh, uh, the, the beginning of the process, and Dr. Lemon ended up uh, uh, rather extensively moved. To, he became superintendent of schools, and then he moved to Abilene, was an administrator out there for, I don't know, hundred years. Uh, so it was, uh, it was fortunate that I stumbled into the, the right teacher at the right time. Yeah. Timing's good. Uh, and then, and then where'd you head off to college? Well, I went to community college in Austin. Okay. I mean, in Texarkana and uh, then moved to UT. Uh, fortunately, it's a junior college had to, uh, UT Austin theater graduate, a guy named Frank Harlan. Uh, so the, that the, the community college uh, theater exposure was probably the reason I came to Texas because he was a Texas graduate. There, there were multiple folks from the uh, Texarkana area that came to Texas in theater, including the community theater director uh, from from way back in the, the 40s. So there, it was... It was at, being the right place at the right time. Yeah. Happened to hit the right people. I ended up at UT, undergraduate degree, and when I graduated, I was actually uh, thought I was going to Huntsville, Alabama, and they never did send me a contract. I had a telephone call from Lauren Winship, Lauren, of course, the building at UT's named after him. He said, go to Huntsville. Uh, to Sam Houston State uh, looking for somebody that you will probably fit in. So I ended up at Sam Houston State from 1957 until uh, actually uh, the fall of 1970 um, with some uh, military stuck in there for a year with a Cuban Missile Crisis and the Berlin Wall story. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I um, 
ran back and forth uh, to UT teaching the summer program uh, and what was the earliest days of what was called the summer theater workshop. I got tired of going back and forth, so I finally decided to come to UT in 1970, halftime with the UIL and the other half with the Department of Drama. So it ended up splitting that one until 1999. I supervised student teachers for theater and dance and, and did the UIL theater program uh, during that time. Retired in uh, 2002. And since then, I've done as little as I can get away with. <laughs> Don't tell anybody you're tired. They're always looking for something for you to do. That's right. That's, Sorry. that's sort of thumbnail. So do you do you get out to see shows or uh, are you uh, able to do that? I, I see all of, and in fact, since I retired, I, I've seen more UIL shows since I retired than before. Than yeah. So while it was there, because there's always something going on. Uh, I haven't missed a, a UIL show since 2002. Yeah. Uh, all well, let's see. If, Increased in the number of conferences, one over, so it's six. It's, yeah, all the conferences. I, I actually, I actually got up and left one of them because it was so bad I didn't want to watch it. But <laughs> the, the, by and large, the quality of work that's been done all these years has steadily improved. And I'm I'm astounded at, right. at what I see these days. It's uh, better than most of the college and university stuff I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and some uh, on the edge of uh, professional level work. It's a byproduct of trained teachers, uh, theater programs and, and theater facilities uh, these days that uh, rival anybody's plans. Now, besides technology, because that's an obvious answer, what's the kind of one of the biggest differences you've seen since you've retired up until about now with the type of work being done and the quality of work? Well, it's uh, the quality of the material. It's, yeah. it's uh, some of those things that during the time I was in the UL office, it, uh, we actually structured a, an ineligible list as uh, the old burn power stuff is uh, not any longer done. People do very sophisticated material, uh, the best theater material that exists. Uh, one of the things I think I best contributed to the whole process is getting the quality of the material so improved that it, there's not much comparison between the things that I saw as a kid versus the things that we see today. Right. What, uh, so are you fishing now, too? Are you uh, out and about doing those kind of things, those relaxing retiree, you know, the stereotyped uh, retirement events? Um, no. <laughs> I, I, I don't think stereotypical. Yeah, <laughs> not a very stereotypical I, life. Yeah. I still... I still do around two around the house. Right. In fact, I'm waiting on a plumber to show up because I decided I'm not going to go to repair the plumbing. Yeah, that's not something you want to mess with. Plum plumbing can uh, lead to some <laughs> other disasters for sure. Well, I did never believed 
hiring somebody to do what I can do myself. I know the feeling. I pretty much do what I want to, except uh, it's a little more difficult at 85 to mow the yard and sure. trim the hedges. Hey, there's no shame in that. Uh, um, but that, yeah, that's the economics of it. Uh, back to some of that theater stuff. Is there, from your time um, with One Act Play with UIL, is there a show that stands out to you uh, as a quality show? Because I don't want to slander anybody, but is there a show that still you kind of just sticks with you that, that you kind of think about and, and what about it sticks with you? There have been so many of them. Yeah, you, yeah, you probably have a few. I really don't. I'm, I'm amazed at certain directors' work that have been uh, consistently good. And, of course, there have been some really outstanding directors and outstanding work. Uh, the, the old days, Jerry Worsham and Snyder did really superior work. And uh, they recently retired... Uh, Folks from Minneola and Van uh, have done uh, amazing. In fact, I guess he retired this year because they, they didn't make it to the state meetings last year. But when, you, when you've been the state level 14 times, yeah, have won half a dozen of them. You know that's a, a standard hard to come by. But uh, there are there are lots of people doing extremely good work these days. And, uh, some of them are uh, at the point of retirement, and yet there seem to be a stream of highly qualified folks that keep coming along. Uh, one of them is, is now the academic director of the league, and I have several ex-students at uh, David Stevens, and he had shows at the state meet and one at the state level. Uh, uh, Lee, of course, you know about it since you've to him. He, yeah. he, he did good work while he was teaching on the high school level, and he still directs and goes from workshop to workshop. But I, I did about five years after I retired and judged in small school programs because that's where I came from, and uh, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. The travel is taxing, and uh, I, <laughs> I, I gave up after judging two regions in, in, in the same week, <laughs> driving from, from from Austin to uh, all, all the way to West Texas and then all the way across the Yeah. I, I still travel. I still go where I want to go and when I want to go. We'll, we'll go to what I believe to be the state convention uh, this September and do a, a program with Jim Rambo. Uh, he's conjured up a series of folks that, that include several of us. They're calling them the legends, and I rather resent that kind of title. <laughs> I don't consider any of us to be legends. It's, it's, if they called it the longevity, I'd say, you know, that fits in pretty good. Yeah. I'm the only, well, I'm, I'm the oldest of the past presidents still alive, and it skips from, from me all the way to Luis with... Uh, folks in between so we're sort of the old guard yes as it were and both of us are retired but they there'll be other folks involved which they're going to do interview and all that kind of stuff 
it's, it's, if they push the right button, I can answer them. Huh. Uh, but uh, they send me a question of 54, uh, believe, uh, 54 questions that they would like to have answered. Well, I made a few notes, and I can answer some of them. <laughs> but uh, when they want to know, did I know all the founders of TEA? You know, I'm, I'm the only person left around that knew them all. As long as they ask that kind of question, I right. tell them who they are. You, uh, uh, you know, we don't have to call you a legend, but you definitely helped pave the way. You know, we'll call you what you want to be called. Well, <laughs> but, I, 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 longevity is uh, uh, there's a great deal to be said for that. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much, uh, how much you're into baseball, but you know, there, uh, there is something to be said about longevity and being able to stick around and get to that 3,000 mark and things like that. So the equivalent of your knowledge in this in this field in this world. Uh, there is there is a, a need for that, so you know, uh, I know well, I know I know I appreciate it. We uh, we have a group of retired folks from uh, UIL office that meet mm-hmm. once a month, the first the first Wednesday for brunch or lunch, whatever whatever it's called, and, and that that's that group is referred to as the old farts. <laughs> okay. We'll put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll talk to Doc about that. <laughs> we, we swap lies. Yes. Um, well, good. Uh, I have a couple more little things I want to ask you. Uh, as as a director, and it does not have to be related to UIL. Um, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. What's your What is your most proud moment as a director or even educator? Well, I was very fortunate at, at uh, Sam Houston. Uh, I, uh, the first year I was there, I built a new light board uh, and directed three shows. Mm. Uh, and some of uh, then, then, of course, the running back to UT in the summertime, working in the summer program with high school students. The, those those years. Uh, both as a director and as an administrator, probably some of the most rewarding things that I experienced. And, and there are folks uh, that come up to me that I can, if they tell me the show they were in, then the memory will come back. But uh, some of them, uh, including, oh, I don't know, half a dozen of DETA's scheduled guests uh, this September were former participants in that summer program and they maintained that that summer program uh, changed their lives and now that's maybe a little exaggerated but uh, it did have an impact on a whole lot of kids because we had 56 high school students for a period of four weeks and three days which is rather rather extensive from 7 30 in the morning to mm-hmm. 11 o'clock at night it probably had. I, I probably was as impressed by what the kids got out of that summer program because we had some of the best directors and some of the best teachers in the state involved, in, including the UT faculty. That, uh, in some ways, it had more of an impact directly on the kids than, than, than the UIL program. Hmm. Um, what is one thing you wish you could? 
go back and do different? Do you have regrets? Some people don't have regrets, and I can respect that. Was there anything you wish well, you could do something different? I uh, don't know that I wouldn't would make the same mistakes I made the <laughs> first time around. Yeah. Fool me once, yeah, yeah. We're victims of our own heritage, genes, environment, whatever. And I, 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 there, there are some positive things that come out of it. And some of them think, well, you know, we could probably have improved on that. But mm -hmm. I, I don't really have any regrets. Good. No, that's fine. Um, and then a little final question. Uh, I don't know how much you get out to modern classrooms or how, how recently you've been in a classroom theater teaching uh, or director's classroom, but um, have you been able to get into one? And if you have, are, is there something that you've seen that, that's uh, inspiring? Is there stuff that you've seen that you wish uh, teachers would include? Uh, are we missing something? Um, you know, advice even just just to a teacher that's struggling or a new teacher that's starting out. Well, that's that's kind of a tough question. The truth is, I I, uh, I enjoyed student teacher. There were years when I had fifteen student teachers in one year, and dealing with that many and dealing with the UIL program at the same time is uh, was. Uh, more of a load than I had any business doing, but uh, I, I actually finally decided to retire, not only because there was a major shift in the administration of the Department of Drama or the Department of Theater and Dance, and the summer program was, uh, I had too much money in the scholarship program, and the chairman wanted it, so he took it. But the, the, the downside uh, of the student teaching process, the bureaucracy got so heavy mm -hmm. that uh, I enjoyed the kids, but I didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy the bureaucracy at all. Yeah. And truth is, if I went back into the classroom today, I have to go through a security check before I could get in the door. Yeah. The the most disappointing part about it was the abuse that teachers took from kids. Uh, I, I I decided to bail out of the student teaching teacher supervision business because the administration of the schools were allowing teachers to be abused. And right. When they got to where they were cursing a teacher in the classroom and I had a student teacher there, I knew I'd get in trouble real soon mm -hmm. if I didn't get away from it. <laughs> yeah, so no. If I could change anything, uh, I'd find ways teachers to get rid of students that were both verbally and physically abusive that's good uh i like that answer because um, i can un i totally understand it <laughs> totally uh, empathize with that well lynn um this was short and sweet and i couldn't have it any any other way so i appreciate uh you giving me just a little bit of your time um i want you to go back to doing nothing <laughs> and <laughs> you've earned it I'm you're allowed plumber, so we, oh yeah waiting that, on the plumber that's, that's right that's gonna be my schedule between between 12 and 4 yeah oh yeah they, they give you that nice window and, and usually they'll show up at 4 30 uh <laughs> well, i might be out there with i still have all my tools and 
Yeah, just just be careful outside, <laughs> please. It's oh, very it's a, little, a little too warm. I yeah, think. it's a little warm. It's a little dark. Uh, but thank you very much. Um, all my best to you and your wife. And uh, uh, you know, if, if um, I get to catch you at TTA, uh, love to introduce myself to you. So you can put a face with the name. Okay. Well, I, I look forward to that. I, I do better when there's a face connected to the name. Yes. Otherwise, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. Doesn't always click. Yes. So the kids are kind enough to say, uh, "I'm so and so." Remember? And yeah. Say, yeah. Tell me what show you were in and what summer it was. Yeah. If they, if they give me enough. A, a lot. Yeah. Line, a lot of history. Right yes. So I will. I will make sure to be as clear as possible. I might even be wearing a shirt that promotes me. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, I'll look forward. <laughs> so. So I don't usually end the podcast with me, but I did want to quickly say that the proceeds from the Minor Wisdom shirt are now going to head over to the Bahamas, uh, where they've just been kind of decimated, and it was heartbreaking to watch that stuff on the news, which it always is to watch that stuff on the news, that's what the news is for, but I, something hit me that said, there's no reason to raise money for this measly little podcast, what I need to do is fundraise for people that need it more so if you could go on to the twitter uh, at minor wisdom pod uh, you could go on facebook uh, you can even click the link in this just in the description of this podcast and just purchase a shirt and the money raised from those shirts is going to go to the people of the bahamas and help them out once again it's minor wisdom pod or on facebook or just click in the bio of this particular episode Thanks so much. My